You know, as the title of this podcast says, Manifest Wrestling, I feel like it's my responsibility not only to cover WWE, but to cover wrestling. All wrestling. Well, all professional wrestling. So this week, I decided to do something different. And I sat down and watched AEW for the first time in a long time. The Manifest Wrestling Podcast is coming up next, and it's all about AEW Grand Slam. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Manifest Wrestling Podcast, as we are officially on air. And this week was AEW Grand Slam. Now first, before we get into any of the matches, we have to talk about the attendance, because it surpassed expectations. There was a lot of concern leading up to this show. The venue sits over 11,000. They had only moved about 7,000 at the time. This was probably about maybe a week and a half ago at most. And it seems like they were able to get about 11,200 fans into the stadium. So great turnout for what was a really good show all in all. Um, but, you know, I've, I've talked about this a lot. About how AEW needs to thrive in order to really save the professional wrestling business. Now, we talked about this because I made it very clear. Impact, Impact is a good promotion, but it's not rivaling, rivaling, contesting. Let's just say that word. Let's just go with that one, okay? This is the second time on my podcast I've tripped myself up with that word, trying to turn rivalry into a verb. It's just not worth it. Okay, so we're going to go with contesting, competing against, things like that. Well, Impact is not going to be any solid competition for WWE. MLW is not going to be competition for WWE. NWA is not going to be competition for WWE. In a lot of ways, AEW is not going to be competition for WWE. But what AEW is, is a solid second option for everybody. For wrestlers, for ring announcers, for commentators, and most importantly, for the fans. There are a lot of fans who have stopped watching WWE entirely. That is completely on them. If that's their cup of tea, cool. But they've done that because of the presence of AEW and the option that AEW gives them. AEW needs to thrive in order for the professional wrestling business to thrive because WWE... We don't want them to turn into EA Sports. If you're familiar with the Madden NFL football video game series, you'll know that Madden has had some of the worst Metacritic scores in its history over the past decade. The last Madden that was really ranked very high was Madden 12. Madden 12. Yes, 2012. It is 2023. So 11 years of terrible Madden games. 11 years. Actually, 12, because this is Madden 24. So 12 years, 12 editions of horrible Madden games. And why? Because EA signed an exclusive rights deal to be the only company allowed to produce a simulation NFL game. What does that mean, simulation? Basically, they're the only ones allowed to make a game that comes close to replicating the, the product that you see on Sundays on television. So, 
other companies can make like you know arcade like games you know they can make like an nfl street if they wanted to or something like that but they cannot make an nfl simulation football game only ea can do that because they have the exclusive rights through 2026 that has led to a decline in the quality of the product year after year because it's the only simulation game on the market that we as nfl fans can buy for a long time wwe was the only big professional wrestling company that could put on shows like WrestleMania. That could sign people like Brock Lesnar. That could bring in celebrities. WWE was the only place. It was the place to be. It was the only place to make the really, really big money. That all changed when AEW burst onto the scene. That all changed when Tony Khan opened his own wrestling promotion with the help of Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega and established legitimate competition. Maybe not to Raw or SmackDown, but they were at least competing with NXT every week. You can't tell me Impact is ever going to do that. So I say all this because... As a WWE fan, I still root for AEW. I don't hate AEW. First of all, why would I hate AEW? I want to be in this business too at some point. AEW could be a very viable option for me to be in this business. To have a second place to go if WWE doesn't want me. (laughs) You know, the more of these places out there, the better. I mean, just think about it. Think about NFL players. I keep going back to to football because when you really think about it, you need to have options. The XFL and the USFL are some of the best things to happen to football players because it gives them a chance to still play football professionally in the United States and even potentially get eyes on them from the NFL. There have been a lot of players from the XFL that have now gone to the NFL and got signed on the rosters. I mean, from every position, even that quarterback. So these options, these different promotions, these different leagues, they're all so essential and they need to thrive. We're supposed to root for these things because at the end of the day, when we root for those things, it's going to make the product we love better. Newsflash, people. AEW is never going to put WWE out of business. It's not happening. Your company, your favorite product, your favorite stars, they're all safe. They're all good. But AEW makes them better. As soon as AEW burst on the scene, everybody started to maybe notice a little bit more. I mean, I think it was already noticeable, but maybe the people within the company, the higher-ups, the board, people like that, really started to notice, like, hey, maybe this creative direction that Vince McMahon is on is really starting to become a problem. And maybe we should do something about this or you know maybe orchestrate or facilitate some type of change and i don't know maybe it was them maybe it was the universe but we all got what we wanted in the end and that was triple h as the head of creative and stories have been better since the product has been more watchable since like when we really think about the bloodline storyline when it first started out in 2020 yeah it was good It was really good. 
But did you see how, like, nothing else was going on on the card? If Roman Reigns wasn't on the show, the show was a dud. And then Triple H takes over. And all of a sudden, the mid-card is getting attention. The Intercontinental and U.S. Championships are taken seriously as titles again. Everything is, is getting fine-tuned, and there's attention to detail in every area. Because Triple H, as much as he calls it a pissant secondary company, he understands that because of their presence, he had to elevate his game. Heck, because of their presence, Cody Rhodes is now in WWE as a top star because he made AEW happen. Tell me, tell me that AEW is not a serious promotion if Cody Rhodes comes back as a surprise at WrestleMania and 100,000 people lose their minds. why they lose their minds? It's not because of what he did as Stardust when he was last in WWE. No, it's because of everything he did with AEW. So we need AEW to thrive. Because if AEW is thriving, we can come just a little bit closer to what the Monday Night Wars used to be. And again, I'm not saying AEW is ever going to rival WWE. I don't think it's going to happen. But AEW's presence gives people a place to work, people a place to watch their product. And speaking of places to work, we're going to have to talk about that in our second window because there were a lot of releases today. And I expect a few of them to end up in AEW. We'll talk about that. But let's get into what AEW Grand Slam was. Let's start off with the bad, because I want to finish on a good note, because it was a really good show. So I want to start off with the John Moxley injury. Now, any of my friends that talk to me, anybody who talks to me about wrestling, about AEW, knows that one of my biggest put-offs, turn-offs, I guess, to AEW has been John Moxley in his match style. I can't stand it. It does nothing for me. Stabbing yourself with a screwdriver, going through glass, bleeding in every match, it just doesn't do anything for me. If anything, it concerns me for your future. You have a wife and a child. I don't understand what you're doing. And I get it. Hey, he's built different, right? But at the end of the day... The more you do something, the less memorable it gets. So now, a spot that should be memorable because we only saw it like once in a lifetime, he's doing it every week on free television. He's not even waiting until the pay-per-views to do it. He's doing it every week on free television. It's it's kind of annoying. And it's, it's, just, it's just a bit grotesque. But even with all of that said, I still don't like to see what I saw last night, and that's John Moxley leaving with a concussion. Now, gratefully, the signs, you know, all the reports say that he's, you know, good to go. He's going to be all right, but there was obviously a botched ending um, where, you know, Ray Phoenix goes for the win. The ref doesn't count to three. He delivers the finisher again. The ref counts to three. Allegedly, that stemmed from John Moxley having a concussion 
of some kind. I don't know if he was supposed to kick out of the first one, and then Ray Phoenix immediately delivers the second one. You know, AEW does stuff like that sometimes. Don't know what the finish was supposed to be. But Moxley with a concussion. And honestly, that was probably one of his least gruesome matches. And he finally leaves with an injury. It's weird. It's really weird. And then we go on to Soraya and Tony Storm. Or Soraya. I believe it's Soraya. I believe it, that's how the announcers say it. Soraya. Formerly known as Paige. Um, I actually really like this match. I really like this match. I just thought they messed up the ending, which they clearly did. Uh, they exposed the bottom turnbuckle, which is different. Usually it's the top one. So, you know, exposing the bottom one, that was, that was pretty cool. That was innovative. So they exposed that one. And... You know, Paige ends up in the corner. She's sitting there, and Tony Storm's going to, like, basically, you know, uh, like, run her backside into Soraya's face in order to, like, make her neck hit the, you know, the back of the turnbuckle. And that, as you know, Soraya's had neck issues that forced her to retire. Uh, she's just now back into the ring. Again, another way AEW is giving us great things. WWE would not clear her. AEW was able to, and now she's back in the ring wrestling living her dream good for her pay Soraya sorry moved a little bit too early and it just looked orchestrated at that at that point of course it's orchestrated it's professional wrestling but as we know the key is to make it not look orchestrated so that we can all suspend our disbelief and um, she just moved a little bit too early so it looked really forced when Tony Storm did what she did it looked like you had plenty of time to like notice that Soraya had moved out of the way what are you doing it was weird I always wonder in those spots if they move out the way like why not just reset the spot you know so that it goes how it was supposed to look like if somebody does something a little bit too early or something like that just reset the spot like find a way back to it it'll only take like maybe 60 more seconds and I know, like, time is very tight, but, like, I'd rather, I feel like as a producer, as a promoter, I'd rather you go a little bit over time and make it look good than have a finish that looked like that. But in the end, Soraya, uh, she wins. She gets her finisher and she wins. Um, it was it was a good match, though. There was a false finish where uh, Tony Storm actually kisses Soraya and then hits her finisher, and everybody in the stadium thought that was it. I thought it was it, too. Um, but it wasn't that that was a that's one of the best false finishes I think I've ever seen because it's like one of those spots that like definitely ends a match but it didn't end the match this time I thought that was a I thought that was really well done and you know you just love a good false finish where like it actually makes you think oh snap this match is is over like oh we're actually gonna see a title change here like dang I didn't expect this and then they kick out and then you're like, ah, yeah, that, that one was fun. That one was fun. Um, we also had Claudio Castagnoli versus Eddie Kingston. Now, these two have had issues with each other for a long time, real life issues. So it's really cool to actually see them be able to squash that in order to work together. Now, we've seen people do this in the past, right? Like one of the most famous ones is Edge and Matt Hardy. They've done it in the past. They've worked together. After that whole uh, Lita debacle that they had with each other. And they put on, I believe it was two or three really great matches. 
and they were professionals and they worked together through it. It was awesome. One of the coolest storylines from 2005. This one, very similar. A really, really good match between two really good professional wrestlers. And it's nice to see Eddie Kingston get the, the rub in his hometown. You know, of course, he does hail from New York City. And Arthur Ashe Stadium was the site of AEW Grand Slam. And, um... Yeah, really cool to see Eddie Kingston get some love. Uh, he is now the New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Champion and the Ring of Honor World Champion. So he will be at the head of that brand. And um, you know, I'll have to definitely check out more Ring of Honor. There's a lot of wrestling <laughs> you know, going around. It's hard to consume it all. But I definitely want to step out of just the WWE shadow and like really start tapping into some of this other wrestling because of course i want to start building like networks in those wrestling companies as well you know those wrestling companies are like they make their people so much more accessible than wwe does anyway so it'd be really beneficial for myself and all my listeners if i was able to build some rapport with those companies so i'm going to start watching them more so that i am familiar with what i'm talking about when i talk about those companies but Thankfully, I know enough about AEW to produce a podcast on it. Um, I just haven't been watching it every week. You know, I watch some clips. I keep up with, like, the articles and things like that. Uh, You know, Chris Jericho versus Sammy Guevara. I think that was my favorite match of the night because, number one, the finish was awesome. Uh, Sammy comes off the top rope and just runs straight into a code breaker. Uh, Now, Jericho only got one leg on the code breaker, but, I mean, that's a hard spot to pull off, so I'm not going to... Not going to throw any shade at that one because they messed it up a little bit. No, that was awesome. And then the finish. Oh, that 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 finish. Reminiscent of WrestleMania 19. You know, Chris Jericho wins and, you know, they they hug. The two of them hug. The Les Sex Gods, they hug in the middle of the ring. And um, <laughs> just like Chris Jericho did to Shawn Michaels way back at WrestleMania 19, Sammy Guevara kicks Chris Jericho right in the nuts. It's been 20 years, 20 long years since that uh, that iconic WrestleMania 19 match between Y2J and the Heartbreak Kid. And um, that spot, they, they did it exactly the same. You know, he kicked him in the nuts. Chris Jericho fell to his knees, and Sammy Guevara took his head and just shoved him away. And out comes Don Callis, who... I guess is going to align himself with Sammy Guevara. We'll see where that goes. But uh but yeah, I, I really thought that was um I really thought that was awesome. I liked that one a lot. I really did. And then finally let's get to the MJF versus Samoa Joe match. So I always accuse AEW of not telling the best stories. And in a lot of cases I am right, but in some cases they do tell really good stories, and this story stemmed from when Samojo was in NXT and MJF was working as an extra as one of the security guards and they did a thing where Samojo like pushed him out the way or whatever. And they brought that into this storyline and I love the fact that they did that. You know, MJF AEW cannot afford to lose him. As much as I'd love to see MJF come to WWE, I need him to stay in AEW. AEW needs MJF so badly. Whatever bag he is asking for or looking for, Tony needs to pay it because MJF can be the John Cena. You heard me right, the John Cena for AEW. 
He can be. He can be and he will be. You gotta keep this guy. You cannot let him go. Not only is he becoming an even better wrestler by the week, but his character work has been top tier ever since he debuted. And he is reminiscent of what you would get in WWE. And what I mean by that is a guy who understands good storytelling and who can cut a promo. He's good. He's really good. And I think he showed his range really with this whole storyline with Adam Cole. It's been really good, man. It's been great. The ending to this match, um, MJF, he's like an anti-hero. So he, 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 you know, he does like some Eddie Guerrero type stuff. So in this match, he took a cable, wrapped it around Samoa Joe's neck, choked him with it, and then covered the cable with <laughs> covered the cable with Samoa Joe's choke, so that the ref couldn't see it. All the ref saw was the chokehold and not the cable that was, you know, squeezing the air out of Samoa Joe. And um, you know, MJF won, and it was fantastic. Now Adam Cole did injure himself running down to the ring that's just bad luck but i think he'll be okay eventually as well maybe just a sprain or maybe you know pop something or whatever but um you know hopefully he didn't tear anything that way he can continue to be in the ring adam cole is a treasure as well i'm glad that he came to AEW. he legitimized the that product brian danielson come and legitimized it for a while cm punk being there legitimized it until all the drama started happening MJF, that is the guy. That is the guy you strap the rocket to, you give him like 10 title reigns, you give him whatever bag he's looking for, you make sure all his t-shirts are at the front of the merch table. Like, MJF is the guy you need to push. That is the guy who's going to sell the tickets, push the tickets. You have to you have to strap the rocket to this guy, man. I don't know how else to say it. But in order to survive, that's what you're going to have to do. But overall, AEW Grand Slam, I, I liked the show. I really did. I liked the show. Now, what I've said in the past about AEW's falling attendance, even though to uh you know this show was a really good turnout, is that I really I really feel like they need to start dipping into other markets and stop going to the same ones over and over and over again. You're not selling tickets because you've hit Chicago just the other week. Why am I going again to see the same people? that I just saw. You know, you got to think about that type of stuff. They need to branch out. They need to come down here to Florida. They came down here to Orlando for a pay-per-view. We sold the thing out. The Fan Fest sold out. Spread the wealth. Spread the wealth. Go somewhere else. Get out of the Northwest. I mean, the Northeast. Get out of the Midwest. And get out of LA. And go somewhere else. I don't think you've hit San Antonio yet. I don't remember you hitting Dallas. I don't remember you hitting New Orleans. You've probably hit Atlanta, but not much. It's like the only time you come to Florida, you go to Jacksonville. Well, guess what? There's three other major cities you could be hitting. Come on. Bring the show. We will turn out. Just saying, man. And not no house shows either. Bring TV. Come on now, let's go. When we come back, we're going to talk about these talent cuts from today. And uh, we're going to talk about which one of them I think is going to be headed to All Elite Wrestling. That's coming up when we come back on the Manifest Wrestling Podcast. Stay tuned. 
Welcome back to the Manifest Wrestling Podcast. No three count today, no final bell, because we just have one thing to talk about today, and that is the talent cuts. Now this, I think we saw coming. It's not the first time this has happened in the past few years. We've had a lot of occasions of this one happening, but these are the names that were released today. It started with Mustafa Ali, which came out of nowhere, seeing as though he has a match scheduled against Dirty Dominic Mysterio in nine days... May 3rd, I mean, ah, not May 30th, wow, wish it was May 30th, September 30th, No Mercy, Bakersville, California, it was supposed to be for the North American Championship, that ain't happening no more, he has been released. Also, we have Shelton Benjamin, Elias, Aaliyah, Top Dollar, more NXT cuts potentially coming on the way, and finally... The man who I think is going to end up joining Mustafa Ali in All Elite Wrestling in a couple of months when the non-compete clause is up, Mr. Dolph Ziggler has also been released. Dolph Ziggler. Now that one, that one surprised me. Now here's the thing. The only one that truly like didn't make any sense to me was Mustafa Ali. He's literally on NXT TV every week. He's a gifted pro wrestler. He was finding his stride. He was a very, very good piece of the NXT roster. And they released him. Even though he was literally scheduled for a match. In nine days. You were you were selling, advertising this match. For, for a PLE. Not for a random episode of NXT. At, one of your special premium live events. You had him scheduled for a title match. And now that's not happening. Because you released him. That's weird. But in two months time. He'll be all elite. And then. Of course. With, with Dolph Ziggler. We haven't seen him on TV. For a long time. So. It made sense, but it didn't make sense. Because he's like one of those veterans that you just keep on the roster forever. Until he's ready to hang it up. He's done such good work. He can make anybody look good. Why would you release him? And what really doesn't make sense to me is that WWE also signed a new deal with USA Network today. Starting next October 2024, they're going to be back on USA Network for 40% more than what they were getting on Fox. So that means you just made a deal with an increase of $4 million. Actually, it might have been something like $400 million. I don't know. Regardless, the money went up. None of these guys and gals that you released even their salaries combined wasn't more than what you just got in this deal the increase that you just got in this deal what this is what confuses me about budget cuts but I could go on and on about that I'm going to save that for another time I just want to talk about how excited I am for the future of Dolph Ziggler and the future of Mustafa Ali now, the rest of these guys, Shelton Benjamin, Elias, Aaliyah, Emma got released too, Top Dollar got released. 
I'm expecting to see Top Dollar probably at uh, DDA sometime soon. Just coming to work out. I do think he'll get another chance somewhere else. Um, but, I mean, none of them were being used very frequently on television. Honestly, Shelton Benjamin is another one I could see going to AEW as one of the locker room veterans, you know, moving into producing and different things like that. I can definitely see that happening. But, uh, yeah, Aaliyah, top dollar. Elias hadn't been on TV in a while. Emma hadn't been used for a while. You know, it's not it's not really super surprising to see what happened there with them. Um, their names, I wasn't surprised to see. I think the only thing I was surprised about is, like, you released Top Dollar, but you didn't release, uh, you know, B-Fab or Ashanti the Adonis. And I don't want to see them released. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying they should be. I'm just saying that was weird. Like, you... They... With it, it's like Hit Row can't catch a break. <laughs> you know, like that. That's that's pretty much what it seems like. It's like, geez, man. Can we find a good, solid way to use Hit Row? Why did we take them out of NXT? They didn't need to leave NXT. They were a really great act in NXT. They could have just stayed there and made you money for your developmental brand, and it would have been fine. They were over. Now you have Swerve over there in AEW. And he's openly said he's never coming back. He's staying in AEW. That's where he wants to be. That man is an amazing talent. He's going to be world champion one day. I guarantee it. But these are the choices they made. And, um, you know, I, it was just weird. But there's so many people in AEW that Dolph Ziggler could wrestle, that Mustafa Ali could, could wrestle. And the matches will be excellent. And I really hope that's the direction both of them choose to go in. Uh, I really hope there's work out there waiting for Shelton Benjamin. I think he would be just an absolute asset to any locker room that he went into. It all depends on what these guys want, though, you know, at the end of the day, ultimately. Emma will have no problem. Like, it's not that I don't feel bad for her. It's just I believe in her a lot. I know what her potential is, and if it's not in another company in All Elite Wrestling, she is a travel influencer and a very successful one at that. If you've ever taken a look on her social media, she knows what she's doing when it comes to getting free vacations, traveling the world for free, and just using her social media. Like That is what she was making a living off of when she got released the first time from WWE. I don't think this will be a big problem for her at all. Uh, her fiance Riddick Moss also got released so they might be doing that stuff together you know this could be a sometimes it's not the worst thing in the world to get released like you know it it might suck for a little bit you know you're like dang man that was my dream and now it's over but sometimes the universe is just pointing you in a different direction and I feel like for Riddick Moss and Emma like it'd be really cool for them as a couple to just travel the world together and post on social media and like just make money off of that like how cool is that how cool is that? Emma's like Emma's such a boss for making that happen for herself. I really respect that a lot. Um, Aaliyah, I'm not sure what she's gonna do. I know she's big into horses, and you know there's a lot of money in that area as well. So um, I think eventually she'll find her footing. Uh, Dolph Ziggler, if he doesn't go to AEW, he's been doing a lot of stand-up comedy over the past few years. So I expect him to really 
maybe start diving into that. Maybe this is his sign to like leave wrestling behind and start really diving into his stand-up comedy. He's actually he's pretty funny. Um, you know, I haven't seen a lot of his stuff, but I, I've seen a couple of things, and I thought I thought you know, I thought a lot of his jokes landed really well. Um, top dollar, of course. This man, number one, he's huge. So finding work of any kind ain't going to be a problem. This man can be a bodyguard for any celebrity he wants to. This man is an artist. So musically, he'll be fine. He can produce. He can do a whole bunch of stuff. That's why it's good to be multifaceted. It's good to have a lot of different skills behind you. It's really good to not put all your eggs in one basket. Like, yeah, I, I like to train in wrestling too, but I also do podcasting, right? Like, I also do editing. I do ring announcing. I do play-by-play commentary. Like, if one door closes, cool. I got probably five more that can open simultaneously. I'm good, you know? I think let this let this be like a wake-up call to anybody who's like putting all their eggs in one basket. I remember watching a video... And I'll wrap with this. I remember watching a video of Triple H talking to like some of the new trainees. Most of you have probably seen this video before if you've been trying to get into professional wrestling. But he's talking to them, and he's like, if you have a plan B, this isn't for you. Like This has to be your only plan. This only. You have to want to eat, breathe. Like, only wrestling. This business has to be your everything. I'm like, nah, I'm not really feeling that. Not going to lie. I ain't feeling that at all. Nope. Nope. You know why? Because this business can chew me up and spit me out anytime it wants to. At the end of the day, I have to protect myself. If you do not have a plan B, you're wrong. I'm going to tell you that right now. You should have a plan B because you never know what life is going to throw at you. That does not mean allow your plan B to take away from your plan A. But that means if your plan A goes to hell and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it like if you want to be a wrestler but you get paralyzed from the waist down what are you going to do if you want to be a wrestler but you're 50 years old and you just got released and you need money what are you going to do what skills do you have to fall back on sometimes it's about just carrying yourself and getting yourself through a rough patch or maybe through some period of time until you can get back to your plan A. That's okay. You can have a plan B. You can have a plan B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, element of P. Because guess what? These big companies are going to have the same thing. So don't let anybody tell you not to have a plan B. Everybody that was released today has some type of plan B. I'm telling you that right now. And it's going to work out for them. They're going to do great things outside of the company. And I'm excited to see every single thing that they do and how well it works out for them. That's all we have for the Manifest Wrestling Podcast today. I'm your host, Alfonso McCree Jr. That's A-L-P-H-O-N-S-O-M-C-C-R-E-E Jr. You can bet on me and the Believe Network bringing you this podcast at least twice a week. We will see you in the next one. It's probably going to be the Friday night SmackDown reaction. Sorry I didn't do a Raw reaction this week, but honestly, Raw was kind of boring this week. I wasn't really feeling too inspired. But Grand Slam was this week, so I was like, let me hop on that one. Yes, sir. All right. That'll be all for today. I'll see you guys in the next one. Stay safe. Stay blessed. 
I'll see you next time. Peace! You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.